we're underway on the Brexit sign-off at Parliament. It's proclamation news and gatherings, and we're celebrating the Brexit countdown. The Brexit countdown is going to be signed off, and um, it will be delivered. We've got three days in counting. Tomorrow is two days. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Jeremy Corbyn and Boris Johnson will be in Parliament signing it off, the Brexit deal. Senior government figures meet to consider the rail link. The future of the HS2 will be considered at a meeting on Thursday between the Prime Minister, the Chancellor and the Transport, Transport Secretary. However, Number 10 said a financial decision on the rail link would not be taken, taken in. The BBC political editor says, The mood music seems to be pointed towards to going ahead with the project, but massive anxieties remain. At Prime Minister's questions on Wednesday, Boston said... MPs could expect the decision very shortly. It allows a leaked review on the project suggesting it could cost almost double the $56 billion originally expected in 2015. Phase 1 of the rail line between London and Birmingham is due to open at the end of 2026, which is the second phase to Leeds and Manchester scheduled for completion by 2032-33. to HS2, give me the facts, says Shaps. Shaps again in the headlines. Will HS2 ever be ever get built? HS2, rail project to be reviewed. The rail firm of Northern Ireland to be nationalised. Grant Shaps is putting a lot of work just lately. I'm very, very proud of his approach of Parliament. It's designed to carry trains capable of travelling at 250 miles per hour. The government commissioned a review into the line last August, designed, ministers said, to, to determine whether the project could still be deemed value for money. Billions have already been spent on it, but Transport Secretary Grant Shapps has refused to rule out scrapping it entirely. The Transport Secretary revealed last week he had asked for more data before making a massive decision of the HS2. After a leaked government, his review found it could cost £106 billion. The unpublished report, which was leaked in the Financial Times, said there was considerable risk the estimate cost could rise by another 20%, but it could conclude that despite ballooning the bill, it should still go ahead. The government had previously promised to make a decision on the HS2 before the end of 2019. The train's going to run right through Ouston, stop at Birmingham Interchange. It's even going to go to Manchester, Piccadilly and Leeds. And a stop at Wigan as well. It's looking very, very um, extra- extravagant. Very um, phenomenal, prestige strain. Uh, Mr Johnson faced calls to back the HS2 for Conservative MPs at the PMQs. Ken Hollingwake, the MP for Frisk and Moulton in North Yorkshire, called on the government to increase rail capacity in and between the North the Midlands in the South and Scotland. This can only be done by investing in the Midlands engine, the Northern powers and carrying on with the HS2, he told the PM. Mr Johnson said the government was looking at investing into the North Midlands and added that the MPs can expect an announcement very shortly on the HS2. The PM also sought to treasure Paul Howe, freshly installed on as... Sedgefield's new Conservative MP, who called for a positive decision to improve connectivity in his region. 
Kieran Mullen, the Tory MP for Crewe and Nantwich, urged the PM to get HS2 done to secure jobs across the country. Speaking early on BBC Politics Live, the BBC political editor, Lauren Kunzberg, said the signs were that HS2 were to get the go-ahead, even though there were very powerful voices critical of, the, of it high up in the government. She said it was a part of a question of credibility. It would be difficult for a government which says it is committed to greater investment in the Midlands and North to cancel the biggest project on its books designed to do that. Brexit, Brexit, Brexit. Brexit MPs say goodbye to UK ahead of the Brexit votes. Watch members of European Parliament are bidding farewell to UK colleagues ahead of the final vote on Brexit deal. Its withdrawal agreement is expected to be signed off in Brussels later today. In pretty much the time I'm actually recording this. Some MEPs have marked the occasion with songs. Others wore always united scarves. President of the European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen, told the UK, we will always love you. But Eurosceptics, including the Brexit Party's Nigel Farage, used their speeches to tear into the EU. The UK is due to leave the bloc at 11 GMT on Friday. Ratification of a dual agreement agreed by the UK and the EU in October is no doubt after it easily cleared its committee stage last week. Departing British members are expected to be serenaded by their colleagues in a special ceremony after the vote, which is due at 5 GMT. It's live countdown to Brexit final sign-off. New Scottish MEP sworn in for four days. Tears and relief as the UK's MEPs bid goodbye. The session sees those on the other side of the Brexit debate, including the UK's 73 MEPs. Celebrate or lament the end of the British EU membership. The Parliament's Brexit spokesman, Guy Forhoeksted, said it was sad to see the country leaving that it has twice given its blood to uh, liberate Europe. He added that British MEPs had brought wit, charm and intelligence as well as stubbornness and would be missed. Miss von der Leyen says ratification of a dual deal was only a first step towards a new partnership between the EU and the UK. She says the two should join forces in areas such as climate change and seek a close partnership with following UK's exit on Friday. The EU president finished her speech by saying, We will always love you and we will not be far. Long live Europe. Farage has walked out. Conservative MEP and prominent Eurosceptic Daniel Hannan said opinion in Britain turned against the bloc. When it became clear, the aspiration was to have the EU as a quasi-state. If at any stage Britain had been able to have a trade-only relationship, that would have been enough, he went on, but added, you're losing a bad tenant and gaining a good neighbour. Mr Farage used his final speech to exorate the EU, brand new anti-democratic he has been campaigning for the UK's exit before he he was first elected to Brussels Parliament in 1999. I want Brexit to start a debate right across Europe. What do we want from Europe? Mr. Varsic arguing that trade, friendship, cooperation and reciprocity 
between nations and received without all these in, uh, institutions and all of this power. He and his fellow Brexit Party MEPs waved Union flags before walking out the chamber in Massé. Belgian MEP Philip Lambert said the EU must learn lessons from the UK's decision to leave. He said the bloc had to regain the hearts and minds of Europe, European citizens by focusing on what it could do for the many, not for the few. Earlier S&D collotation, which houses Labour's 10 MEPs, displayed a sign aimed at departing British members, which read, it's not goodbye, it's au revoir. European Parliament President David Sassioli, also a member of the group, joined the group of rendition of Old Lang Scene. Uh, on Tuesday evening, several MEPs in the Green Group also held a ceremony to mark the European, uh, UK's departure. While Brexit Party MEPs spoke of their joy and relief of, at leaving, others shared messages of sadness on social media as they prepared to vote for the last time. Liberal Democrats shared pictures of gifts from the Europe, uh, pro-European Renewal Europe group. The Green Party's Alexander Phillips tweeted, I'm devastated to be leaving the best job in the world. I get to make a real change every day while being surrounded by 27 different, 27 different languages and cultures. The EU negotiations have kept the European Parliament on board throughout the Brexit process. Its main committees given their approval, so it is inevitable that the deal will be endorsed. Instead of a movement or jeopardy, this is likely to be a highest profile event in the EU's distinctly low-key goodbye to the UK. Expect speeches that praise the EU, uh, unity and describe the UK departure as a regrettable mistake. A German MEP is planning to sing along to Old Lang Syne. The SNP group have arranged for a piper to play them out of the building. In the meantime, the 73 British members are packing their belongings into the regulation issue, 15 cardboard boxes. The main send-off will happen on Friday when the President of the European Parliament will deliver a joint statement alongside the President of the European Council and the European Commission. The British flag that flutters outside the parliamentary premises will be lowered in the early hours of Saturday morning before it's displayed in a museum. After the UK leaves, there will be an 11-month transition period in which the two sides hope to negotiate their future economic relationship. Trade talks are expected to begin in Ernst in early March. The European Parliament will also get to stay in a ratifying any future trade deal. The UK has insisted talks should not extend beyond the 31st of December 2020, when a transition period, which will see the UK follow the EU rules, come to an end. President Sassolier told the CNN on Tuesday that the timetable for a deal was tight. He said that UK exit would be a painful for the bloc, but building a new partnership based on European-friendly cooperation and a mutual interest was now essential. Proclamation moving on with the news. Um, how worried should we be about Big Brother technology? In P. Normandy is the port of the northern Germany where the river Peen meets the, uh, the Baltic Sea. There, in October 1942, German engineers sat in the control room watching the television screen. It showed live, close-up images of the pro uh, prototype weapon on its launch pad in some, uh, some 2.5 kilometres, 1.5 miles away. On another screen, while wide-angle view, they saw weapons surge skywards. The test 
had succeeded. They were looking at something that would shape the future, perhaps not in a way they imagined. The V2, the Vergen Tungswaf of um, Vengeance weapon, was the world's first rocket-powered bomb, and it was supposed to win Hitler's war, Hitler the war. The weapon tra- travelled faster than the speed of sound, so he did not know it was coming until it exploded, but crucially, it could not be targeted precisely. The V2s killed thousands, but enough to tip the scales of the convict. V2 rocket landed on London in the beginning of 8 September 1944. Werner von Braun, the brilliant young engineer behind the V2s, surrendered to the Americans as the third Reich fell and held them win the space race. If you had told them that this rocket test would be the first towards putting a man on the moon, it would not have been surprised. This is exactly what motivated him. At a point, it was briefly arrested after some on a train. I overheard him say that he wished he could build spaceships instead of weapons and reported this suspiciously, non-confirming thought to the Gestapo, the Nazi secret police. But von Braun might not be anticipated that he was allowed witnessing the birth of another hugely influential technology. One of the Gestapo would love it, love in its modern form, closed-circuit television, better known as CCTV. Fifty things that made the modern economy highlights were the inventions, ideas and innovations that helped create the economic world. It is broadcast on the BBC World, uh, World Service. You can find some more information about the programme source and listen to all the episodes online and subscribe to the podcast programme. This pictures the picture in the control room where the first example of the video feed being used not for broadcasting but a real-time monitoring private over so-called closed circuit. The top brass and the, the peony mooned. They must have worked slave labours to their deaths, but they had no intention of joining the fatalities. Instead, they invented t- television engineer Walter Bruch to device away from the monitor and launches from the safe distance. Electrical engineer Walter Bruch would, uh, would uh, also go on to the, invent, uh, uh, the pale colour television system. And this was wise because the first V2 they tested did indeed blow up, destroying one of Bruch's cameras. Ex- exactly how popular Bruce's brainchild has now become into tricky pin, uh, pin down. One estimate a few years old puts the number of surveillance cameras around the world of 245 million. That is about one of every uh, one of every 30 people. Another reason we soon over twice that number in China alone. It is certainly that true that the market is expanding quickly and its global leader is a company called Hikvision part owned by the Chinese government. What is China doing with all these CCTV cameras? Here's one example. Picture scene you're trying to cross a busy road in the city of Xanagan. You could wait for the lights to change, but you are in a hurry, so you make a dash for it, weaving through the traffic. A few days later, you might see the photo name and government ID number on a huge electronic billboard above the intersection, outing you as also a jaywalker. But it's not you about the public shaming surveillance cameras will feed into the country's planned social credit scheme. Exactly how the national system uh, works remains unclear. But various trials are used in both public and private sector. Data to score people on whether they are good citizens. You might lose a point for driving inconsiderately. 
paying your bills late or spreading false information. Score high and perks might include free use of public bites. Score low and you might be banned from taking trains. The aim is to encourage and reward desired behaviour or, as an official document, poetically put it, allowing a trustworthy to roam everywhere under heaven while making it hard for the discredited to take a single step. Perhaps this reminds you of a certain novel published seven years ago after Walter Bruce pioneered the surveillance camera. In the, 19, in the 1984, George Orwell famously imagined a life where everything is monitored, not only public spaces, but in people's homes. Everyone is anyone. Must have a telescreen, though. Through which, no, you must have a telescreen through which Big Brother can watch them. But there's a hint in the story that these devices were originally something people uh, choose to buy. When the uh, duplicious Mr. Carrington needs to give Winston a believable reason, no. Amazon, Google, Hassan reassure as they are snooping on all our conversations. Insist the device are smart enough to listen for when you're saying the wake word or Alexia or OK Google, and only then do they send audio to the cloud. For more people, powerful servers the decipher and what we want then we want to trust that these devices are hard to hack for criminals and perhaps for governments of course not everyone balks at the thought of the state knowing more and more about our daily lives one Chinese woman told Australia's ABC that if as her government said every corner of public space was installed with cameras she would feel safe those who take a different view might be glad to know that CCTV is not yet as smart as it seems. The intersection of Xinyang um, appears entirely automated. But actually, the face recognition algorithms are not re uh, reliable enough. Government workers are sifting through the footage, but maybe that does not matter. The perception of surveillance is even to detail. Fewer people are jaw walking. That's your idea of the panopticon. Panopticon. If you think you might be being watched, you might, you will always act as though you are. It is an idea of George Orwell understood perfectly. So CCTV might still be going a long way from living up to its technology potential. But for those who want to change it, what do we even or know or what we think? There might not be such as an obstacle. The author writes the Financial Times undercover economics column. 50 things made by the modern economy is broadcast in the BBC World Service. You can find more information about the programme sources and listen to the episodes online. Subscribe. You can subscribe on my podcast to listen in. I'm going to do something a bit peculiar for proclamation news and gatherings, but a bit peculiar for the audience. We haven't had the US president spoken about on proclamation news and gatherings for a long, long time. Trump says the US-Mexico-Canada agreement. US President Donald Trump has finally signed a new trade pact with Mexico and Canada bringing his campaign promises to replace the free country's existing deal closer to fruition. U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement, the USMCA, is set to replace the 1994 North American Free Trade 
agreement, the NAFTA. Mr. Trump has described NAFTA as America's worst deal and blamed it for a decline in manufacturing jobs. Canada has yet to ratify the pact, but is expected to do so within the weeks. The three countries announced they had reached a deal in 2018 after more than a year of negotiation. The accord has been working its way through the legislators of three countries ever since. In the US, Democrats, who, who control House representatives instead of changes, include stronger Labour rules before voting in support of the measures. Those revisions were approved last year. The USMCA trade deal, who gets what from the new NAFTA? What has Donald Trump exactly achieved on trade? Many of the original NAFTA's provisions will continue under the new accord, which governs more than one TR dollars in annual trade between the three countries. It also sets new terms for digital trade and increases the US access to Canada's dairy market. Those are catching changes concerning new rules for companies which aim at boosting production in the US. The North deal requires a higher percentage of the vehicles to be made in North America to qualify for, free, um, for, for tariff-free status treatment. Also requires that a certain percentage of each vehicle can be made by workers making at least $16 an hour. I mean, that's a good, good, good change. We're going to go on something a bit more risky in your household. I mean, you wouldn't even think, like, maybe could catch a fire, this, that, or whatever. But this is totally ironic. Washing machine owners must recheck for fire risk. Owners of Hotpoint hot point and Indesit washing machines may have to check again to see whether their model is on recall list or fire-prone appliances. An extra three models have been added to the host of machines that may catch fire owing to an overheating door mechanism. It means that 5,000 more machines are being added to the 519,000 the company is trying to locate. The company said to do to the list was common in the recall process. What is the problem? About 20% of the hot point and Indyset wash machines sold since 2014 are affected by a safety, safety fault and need to be recalled and processed that it started, started earlier this month. The company says it has identified 165,000 of the problem appliances so far. 70,000 has been replaced and repaired. It has received calls or had, con uh, had contact with 2 million people. 79 fires are thought to have been caused by an overheating door locking system, a fault which would develop over time. According to Whirlpool, which who knows the brands. Advice for its owners. Whirlpool has set up a model check, a check online. Owners of Hotpoint and Indyset washing machines bought since October 2014 will need to enter the model on a serial number of their appliance found inside the door on the back to see if it's one of those affected. Those are previously checked and been given the all clear may need to check in. The company said it could be a contract between 60% of those with the newly affected models but customers should check. There's also a free helpline. Open every day Available on 0800-316-1442. If it's you, 0800-316-1422.
check your washing machine compliances to make sure it's not going to be a manufacturer fault. So ring this number, get them checked over, 0800 316 1422. Slots for a, a modification or replacement machine are available straight away. The number, the model numbers of the appliances which have been added to the list three weeks after the initial recall launch owing to the further analysis by the company. They are WMA, check your appliance reference number, WMAQC641PQ. WMAG741PQ. WMFG741GQ. Now, Jeff Knoll, Vice President of Whirlpool, said, with more than 30% of effective products mm, now accounted mm. for, this campaign has already surpassed the UK average of product recall campaign by a significant margin. While this is good practice, we know there's still work to do. That's why I work on seven days a week to look at our customers and running a widespread campaign to raise awareness. We're deeply sorry to our customers for the inconvenience. This recall may cause, may cause, but we are taking action because if it is the right thing to do for people's safety, we'll do whatever it takes to put the situation right. The company has already been dealing with the recall for more than 5 million tumble dryers sold over 11 years, which were found to be a fine danger. Um, sex education, we shouldn't really be talking about it, but just come over to prime time of PG, um, parents of guidance. Sex education, I knew sex education would be fun growing up. You might remember a condom on, on a banana, or just remember um, a general sense that if you have sex, you either get A, pregnant, B, a disease. We're talking about sex education at school. These messy corners of growing up were tiptoed around by teachers who couldn't even bring themselves to say penis. So when the TV show had sex education, which centred around two students who set up a sex clinic in their school, first debuted on Netflix last year, it was a breath of fresh air. The first sealed bodily tackled topics including slut-shaming, uh, slut abortion, virginity and masturbation, which Amy Lou Wood who plays Amy Gibbs, told Radio 1 Newsbeat, she all thought was only a boy thing. She, she ought to, thought was only a boy thing. Growing up, Amy thought she was a weirdo for wanting to masturbate. And when filming the uh, series 24-old uh, found, that other people felt the same. When I, when I filmed the masturbation scene, extras were asking me, what do you mean you had to make a scene like that? That's only for boys. Chatting to some of the show's cast in that season to, uh, two premiere, it became obvious that the lots of them feeling they didn't know enough about realities of sex growing up. Food, job, sex. It's a very part of, of life. And we don't, we don't know enough about it, Amy said. I wish I knew it was for, uh, normal to want sex for pleasure. And it's not, not just to make babies. The character Amy plays has one of the most talked about storylines of the series. She's sexually assaulted and the series sees she's coming to terms with what happened. Um, Amy said her storyline had a huge impact on her. I had to go back to when I was an age um, and how trust I was and of the girls who relate to it. Emma McKay, who played the um, show's female lead, uh, lead 
Miev agrees to let the program is poorly chosen to boost. The show makes you feel less lonely. I wish it still existed when I was at school to make me feel more normal, she told us. When asked what they had learned to the film, <sighs> what they learned during the film, the word vaginismus was quick to leave almost but all cast members' mouths. The NHS says vaginismus was a vagina suddenly turns up just as you try to insert something into it. Tana Tanya Reynolds was a character Lily has Virginia said. I didn't even know what it had a name. So many people catch this and realise there was no something wrong with them. Fanis no, it's called Virginimus. When your body just says no to sex. What are schools teaching about sex? As of spring two thousand twenty, it was it will be compulsory for all primary schools in England to teach relationship education which looks at friendships and emotions. Sex education in primary schools is not compulsory. Very, very emotional growing up, falling in love, and a girl breaking your heart. You feel like you're on the top of yourself. Very dangerous. Love is dangerous. Parents can specifically crest for their children not to be involved in sex education lessons, but, relationship, but not relationship lessons. The government's new requirements for secondary sex education includes STI, pregnancy, conception and miscarriages. Scotland announced plans to review the RSE lessons last year to include things like sexual harassment and consent. Wales will be in- include, uh, introduce a new compulsory RSE curriculum in 2022. North Nine schools must reach RSE lessons, but individual schools cannot decide content. The programme has been condemned for showing sex in more than realistic way, more than one way than most it replaced an average slowly lit romantic sex scenes with clumsy awkward ones where the teenage characters mostly have no idea what they're doing this meant the cast had to be comfortable during the film process Patricia Erson plays Otis new girlfriend Ola said it was a sex director on set they sent us a lift before we had to even read the script to ask how we felt about certain things even he said you're okay with something you change your mind and say, I'm not comfortable with it today, and that's okay. She says filming the series taught her the importance to say no. Set Beyond the Bar, the first season Sex Education was the most pro- um, two, one or two programmes that Netflix released huge figures for. It was reportedly watched by more than four, four, 40 million households in the initial weeks. The people who watched 7% of the more, uh, more of an episode, they seem to have been highly praised for its diversity and representation. In its casting and plot, em, which Emma says shouldn't be a big deal, we're setting the bar high in, the, in that regard. About it's about it's about that time it should be normal. Otis, sexually libera- uh, liberated, best friend Eric struggles with homophobia and relationships between sex, sexuality, and religion. Nicole uh, Gatwa who plays Eric, said, I love that this gay black kid is not apologising for being what he is. The teaching of the LBT content in schools has always been accepted. Last year, we going ongoing protests outside a primary school in Birmingham, which taught people about um, same-sex relationships as part of a teaching school 
called the no outsiders. Such parents said it can constitute, constitute their Islamic faith and was not age appropriate. The school compromised with the new equality programme after consulting with parents. The government says it encourages secondary schools to include the LBT issue or sex education. The Cobbity said representation matters to educate kids about their different types of people in the world so they went to encounter them for not to be afraid. I'm making them right on that. It's proclamation is gathers. Thank you so much for listening.